0: You yeah, have in front of you is a it's just a very, very beautiful piece from the Nesiva Shalom that I think, I definitely think, could be a source of chizek, especially with the tikkun that we're in. Um, the posik tells us, we'll just run through it. It's very, very easy, very, very nice. Uh, it's definitely related to what I'll be talking about Shabbos day, for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, the pasuk says, of the last things that Yosef had said before he passed away." Was he told? He told Klal Yisrael. Um, he told the Shvatim. Pokod Hashem will take you out of Mitzrayim. Pokod yifkod, you shall surely be redeemed. And you should take uh, take take my bones out with you. But Pokod yifkod. Pokod yifkod, By the way, was not just a a reference to the fact that Klal Yisrael will get out. It was it was like keywords. It was like a code. That that was, the uh, major says, that's how they knew that Moshe Rabbeinu was legit. Because when they didn't believe Moshe, Hashem told Moshe, just, yeah. yifkad, say, yifkad, because that was always the key words that Yosef Atzadik when he said, yifkad, that was his way of saying that there will be a Redeemer. And the way you know he'll be legit is he'll say, yifkad. which I, I heard, I think it's true, that yifkad is peidaled. So it's uh, Halavai. So, um, so the point is, Hashem said, Yosef said, Hashem's going to take you out and take my bones out. a what's <laughs> this What's the meaning behind it? and this is his ikker piece. I've talked about this around Pesach time, but it's it's very kedai dechazer to sort of learn it again. That around mitzrayim, we know that when. HaKadosh Baruch saves us from Mitzrayim. Shadarshu Chazal, the Chazal tell us from the Pesach, V'avarti Anivu Leymalach, Anivu Saraf." That HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself, B'kvayda Ba'atzmai, took us out of Mitzrayim. Anivu Leymalach, Anivu Saraf. Not through an angel, Hashem himself. And the question is why? And this is, I think, very, very, very sadistic, because uh, we're all... St- we're all hoping that this Tkufa is leading towards Mashiach. And, and I think that there's a glaring issue that a lot, of us, um, a lot of us don't want to talk about when you think about the coming of Mashiach. There's one glaring problem, and I think he's going to address it. It says that when it comes to leaving Mitzrayim, which we know, the, leaving Mitzrayim was the prototype for us leaving this galas, right? The Chassam Seifer, whenever he talks about Mashiach, he always compares it to I Meshach. Mitzrayim is sort of like the prototype of all of Gaulus. So how did we leave Mitzrayim? Hashem himself and the question is why why couldn't the Hashem appoint a malach let, him, let a malach take us out why did it have to be Hashem himself there are many answers for this the Arizal gave a very uh, very interesting answer which is not the approach that he's going to take but it's an interesting answer He said that the Arizal said that Mitzrayim was so tameh that if he would have sent the malach in the malach would have been lost the malach wouldn't have come out that's what the Arizal said so Hashem had to do it himself but what, what's the, what's the shot that Hashem has to do it himself if he can't appoint a malach so he says like this let's explain we find there are two ways to have redemption there are two ways to have redemption and that's Ita or Achishana Ita means the proper time and Achishana means you're worth it you're you're worthy which we all know, this is what we're told since we're kids Mashiach will come in the year 6000 whatever that means, however you calculate it whatever that means, that's Ita there is a time where the suffering must end Everything has a proper time, so there is a time where the suffering must end. And then, if you're worthy, you can come right now. That's always the. That's always the. A lot. Of, I'll just say a lot of this outside because I have a bit of a headache. So I'd rather just talk. Um, here's here's the problem. The problem was, Mitzrayim was neither. Right, Mitzrayim had the the goal of Mitzrayim was supposed to last four hundred years. It didn't. And you say, well, two ten is k'ilu four hundred. It was it was as suffering. That's terutzim that Hashem gives after the fact. But that, it wasn't four hundred. It wasn't four hundred years. So it wasn't ita. Because four hundred years is four hundred years. So Hashem makes terutzim. This is always the side. Hashem could always make things to help you. He could always, you know, pr- twist himself in a pretzel to help you out. But lemaise wasn't ita, and it also wasn't achishena. so was not worthy they were on a very very low Madrega. they were on the 49th level if they would have stayed there for one more moment they would have been lost so what exactly, uh, how did it work? that's his kasha we find that Mashiach can come in one of two ways and this is true by this dar and this is true by Mitzrayim as well it's time or if you're worthy it's time or if you're worthy there is a time where HaKadosh just says listen it, there's a time where there's a, the, the clock runs out and also, <laughs> And according to most mafarshim, that's what Yaakovina was trying to tell them. He was trying to tell them, it'll be 400 years. Or 6,000, depending on different mafarshim of, of which Gula he was referring to. And the reason why he didn't, again, there's many, many explanations of why Yaakov didn't end up, why Hashem didn't want Yaakov to end up telling him. But the Lubavitcher Rebbe's approach, which I think is the most, straightforward approach is that if you tell Klael Yisrael it's gonna be six thousand years, that's very disheartening. Or if you tell the Shvatim it's gonna be four hundred years, that's also very disheartening. You wanna think that it could happen right now. Part of part of the process that we've been going through for the last three months, and I've I've heard from people many, many times that like whenever you say like, oh this could be Mishaf, they say, well they thought that in the 40s. First of all, yeah, okay. Your job is a chakel bchalim You're supposed to get your hopes up. Like that's the job. You're, you're, you have a responsibility to believe Mashiach can come today. The fact that he didn't come yesterday doesn't excuse you of yichiyah. But Rav you understand does say that part of the uh, part of the um, healing process for Klal Yisrael going through difficulties is knowing that it could end now. That does that does. It's a healing. It's a healing mechanism. And if Klal Yisrael knew, you know, a thousand years ago. During the you know, during the Crusades or Takhvatah, whatever it is, if they knew with a certainty, yeah, he's not coming for another 800 years, it's very, very disheartening. So there's the time, and then there's also the Ishgula There's a gula of if you're worthy. Kasha We we know this. The problem is Mitzrayim was neither. And he says, which, which is, I think, sort of a lot of us. This is a problem that we have with our with our redemption as well. None of us want to wait to the year six thousand. That could be a, that could be a long time. And I know. I know uh, Mr. Lorch isn't here, but I'll, you know, he's here. I, I know that Rev Schwab had a different calculation to make it less. It's, no, no one wants to wait for the clock to run out. Although the world is sort of running on fumes, I think we're all kinda of seeing that. Like the same way when your car is just dying like at, at certain points there is Hashem is just like, okay, it's, it's 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 like a it's like a TV show that's like gone off for too long where the storylines are getting strange and But anyway the kids say, But Lama it's 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 running out. It's running out of time. But nobody wants to wait for that. And then you want to say, well Kali still could be worthy. Now, that is comforting. And also, part of the reason why it's comforting is because we don't know the definition of worthy, right? Like, if you have, if you have Jews that are not religious and they wear a mug and David, for all you know, in Hashem's eyes, that's a level of righteousness that, that we don't necessarily calculate. So the fact that you look around and you say, well, it doesn't seem like the world is going in the deserving direction, well, we, we, don't, know, we don't know the barometers, you know, we don't know what's considered deserving or not but there is a problem deep down that I think you could ask yourself which is like, it doesn't seem either it's definitely not the time and I, I don't necessarily see the world the Baruch Hashem the last couple months since October 7th Klai Israel has definitely you know, shown things that uh, you know, I think a lot of us didn't necessarily see before there's a lot of level Vachtos and it's very, very impressive but still, you, you still look around and you're like, I don't know the world as a whole it doesn't seem to be Achishena either so you have either Achishena. And it's neither. So the question is: So how did Mitzrayim happen? And Rambam and, and says the Mitzrayim was the same problem. Mitzrayim was neither either, because he says right? it wasn't the year four hundred. They were definitely not worthy. They were on a very low level. We all know this that they were on such a low level. If they would have stayed one moment later, they would have been lost. And more than that, when they left. Mitzrayim, and they got to Yamsuf right the Yamsuf, the Medrash, didn't want to split because the Yamsuf said I don't see the difference the Jews also look like Mitzrayim to me so so how did how did the Gula happen the answer is and this is a big insight from the Siva Shalom, and that is that what I'll give you a marshal okay the marshal is you have a you have a father. Riv Wolfson gives this marshal. I think it's a good marshal. You have a father who tells his kid many, many times, do not ride your bike outside. It's dangerous. I don't want you to ride. You're not allowed to ride your bike. You're not, gonna, not, not gonna ride my bike, not gonna ride my bike. Of course, the kid starts riding his bike. Instantly, the first thing that happens is the father's very angry. And he starts getting very, very mad. But what happens, and he hears the kid, you know, crash a little bit, and instantly he's like, I told you, he starts getting very mad. But then, what happens if he looks at the kid and, and, and he realizes, and he realizes it's a lot worse than he thought, the injury is worse than he thought, and it's maybe even life-threatening? Then all of a sudden, what you're going to see is that he doesn't care about the fact that he broke the rules anymore. Why? Because we've gotten to a much more serious situation. The truth is, that's exactly how the gul of Mitzrayim happened. Hashem had his rules; he made his rules. His rules were that the gula could come of one of two ways. It could either come by the year 400 or if they're worthy. Those are the rules that God made. But you know what happened? Klaiza was going to be lost. It was getting to a point where this cannot continue. The, the, the situation as it as it as it stood could not last. And therefore what you needed is the maker of the rules to say, the heck with the rules, I'm breaking it. And he says like this. The truth is, they couldn't stay there any longer. That's why it had to happen so quickly. Why? He says. Klayiso was on, in, in danger of being lost. The truth is, Rav Wolfson says that that's that was what Moshe Rabbeinu was trying to employ. We find that when Moshe Rabbeinu was davening to to get Klayiso forgiven for the ego he said the following line, chata om chata that he tells Hashem, the Klai Yisrael sinned a very, very big sin. So the question is obvious. If you're trying to defend us, don't make it such a big deal. You should make it less and you shouldn't. If you're our lawyer defending us, don't say that it was a big sin. Say it was a tiny little sin. Don't try to make it smaller, not bigger. So Wolfson said is that Moshe Rabinu was trying to trigger this emotional response from Hashem. Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu was trying to trying to tell... Mo, like He's sort of like... It's Lahavdil. It's like a mother... He was like the mother of Klai Yisrael talking to the father. And he basically said, Listen, I understand you're upset and you have your rules and they broke the rules of the eagle, But you know they're going to be lost here. Chata This was... Like we're past... We're past the rule stage. You're going to lose the kid. And therefore, it's sort of like... Just break the rules because it, you're the one who wrote it. So, Chata And And Rav Wolfson even writes that he says that that's the objective on Yom Kippur. He talks about this on Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, it's one of his big themes, that on Yom Kippur, he says, the avoid of Yom Kippur is to, is to get there. And he says, most people don't, the way, and we'll see, Nesiv Sham differs, but then Wolfson feels that the way to get there, how do you get to that point of Hashem basically saying, I don't, I don't care about the rules anymore, I just, I just we gotta save the kid. So Wolfson says, the way to get there is through desperation. Meaning you have to sort of, you have to tap into that point of, of like, I don't think we can go on anymore. Which, which, which. By the way, Rev. Rev Wolfson says it's not. It's not something that. It's not something that most people are comfortable doing. It's not. That's not a comfortable way to live your life. To just. To to go to that place. It's a very, very real place. But once a year that's that's the Avoidivin Kippra. But he basically says like this Cesar wolfson, Shekvarum du lipo besharanun, Cesar other Nasivashalam, I shall call by Lo Yashuvun, U Kvar Layuchaim Latsis, the lachinits or hagula lias bichipazin kilo yahlas ayid. What the what the Shalom is telling us is that there's a third form of the gula. There's a G'ulah of Ita of the time. There's a gula of Achishana of whether you're worthy. And then there's a third gula, which he calls a gula shaloi apiseidr, which is the creator of the rules will just say game over. I it doesn't make sense. I it's it it you know it doesn't work. I made the rules and therefore I'm willing to break the rules for my kid. And we'll see of of how you how you trigger that response from Hashem, which I think is a very comforting thing because when you sort of I'm I, definitely before October 7th, but October 7th has not made this better. But when you sort of look around the world and you say, like, I don't understand. I, I mentioned this. I, I got up and I said of art similar to this from the Wolfson, and someone uh, in the shul I never met before. I was basically talking about how the the world is not, it's getting more and more chaotic and more and more just upside down. It's just and It's just becoming crazier and crazier and crazier. At the time, I wasn't even talking about the fact that you have, like, countries and millions and millions of people siding with hamas which is a Pelagodal. but but even more than that just stop you have like the craziness of the world of, of what's going on anyone who knows what i'm talking about just look into it it's like a crazy crazy stuff. so i mentioned this and some guy came over to me after davening i never met him before and he started giving me like a shak musa about how do you say that about the world the world is getting better it's getting better Okay, so that's, that's what he wants to say. But my my my, my approach is it's taka getting worse, and, and, and there's a certain beauty to that because there's a certain point where Hashem will say, okay, th- there's a certain point where Akedah Baruch who looks at Klal Yisrael and says like, how long am I gonna, how long am I gonna leave, the Ben Melech in this very very chaotic state, and at some point that will trigger a geula that's neither Ita or Achishana. But just the same way Mitzrayim happened, neither. It was just because the creator of the rules. And by the way, that's why you couldn't have a malach do it. Malachim are all about structure they're all within the world of structure they can't you can't send a malach to break the rules that's that's not that's not their avodah you can have you need the creator of the rules to go break it and nesivah shalom says like this that also explains why did the gula have to be so so miraculous so strange, so over-the-top. It was a very, it was, you know, it, it wasn't even all necessary to have each. Maka, just going more and more and more, over-the-top, over-the-top. Shaloh, he said "The breaking teva, constantly breaking teva. So what's the pshat? So the simple pshat is, Hashem wanted to show his chavivas for Klai so He wanted to show how much he cares about Klai Yisrael. But it's still very strange. Hashem is, is is usually his rules, he does not break teva often. And he, when he does, it has to be necessary. The is weren't even necessary. Marcus Bakaris was one that did it. The first nine, why does he have to do all this of blood and, and and hail and fire in the hail and all these things? What's up, Shah? The answer is Hashem was trying to ingrain within the world to realize this this salvation was Shaloi Apiteva. Meaning this was not within the rule works. Within the rules, there's Ita and but we need now a new ge'ula that's breaking the rules. And therefore, Hashem wanted to show that's what's happening here. The, wor- the rules are being broken in every form. So the question is, and he says like this: we'll go a little later. Again, according to the rules, it was impossible. And he explains on the top left side that the, the mushul for this is. The machel for this is of why Hashem had to do this. He says the mushal is that you have a, a prince who's drowning, and the king is in. The prince fell into a well, and the and the king is sitting there with his scepter and his crown. And obviously, according to the rules of the government, should the king with his crown and his scepter jump into the well? Of course not. But to to, to hack with the rules because then if he keeps the rules, there's going to be no prince. And then what's the point of this? What's the point of the kingdom if there's no heir? And therefore, Hashem sort of. It needed not to be through a malach. It needed to be that HaKadosh Baruch Hu B'Kfayde went because the ge'ula of Mitzrayim was neither Ita or achishana. It was just because this cannot continue. And therefore you need the person, the creator of the game, so to speak, to break the game because because just this can't keep going on. And that's and, and sort of how also, a little bit what the world is going on right now. Again, it doesn't mean God forbid that Claudius Yisrael is not Zeicha. Halavai, we should be Zeicha right now. But even if even if there are not Chassid Shalom Achishen in the classic sense, but who also makes it in such a way that the world is is so chaotic to the point where Hashem's like, this is so the antithesis of Taira. This is so this can't keep going on anymore. And therefore, I'm just going to just you know interrupt it and say that's it. We're done. Now the question is, and this is, you know, this is the point. So you want this, right? We all want this. Now, so how do you get this? So you just say, well, you have to let the world get more and more crazy. But there has to be something that we could do to trigger this. The rule is, if you see on the bottom left, category, uh, bottom left paragraph, kol isarusa mele'ela, tzricha hachana If you want Hashem to act in any way, the rules... The way Hashem created the world is in such a way that if you want Him to act, you, you have to do something to trigger that action. You need isarusa de la Tata. You need an action down here to awaken the isarusa de la Eila above. Right? You want something? You daven. That's you ask for it. That's how Hashem created the world. Everything is like that. There's every hanhaga from Hakadosh Baruch Hu is done by us doing something to trigger that. So the question is, how do we trigger this form of Ga'ula? Besides for just being desperate, but but how do you trigger that? Right? We, 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 we now have a new form of Davening where we're asking Hashem to, to end Gaulus now and to end the suffering privately or collectively. By the way, this could be true on a private form, where you say to Hashem, listen, I just can't keep going on like this. Not, not God forbid, I'm not talking like in a suicidal way, God forbid, but just this is not this is not a long-term solution. I it's not the time where it's supposed to end and and it's not the time and and uh, and, this, and I'm not zeugen okay so what you made the rule so why can't you break it for me so then how do how do we how do we what do we have to do to trigger that response so again, sort of Wolfson said what you have to do is to be desperate and to daven in that way. But that's not necessarily a way that most people can do on a regular basis. I, I don't even know if that's a healthy thing to, to tap into that place of, of desperation on a regular basis. Probably not. So, what, what's another way? This is Nisiv Hashem's approach, a very beautiful approach of what does Kla need to do in order to awaken that type of gula? A gula not of ita, not of Hishana, but of Pokod yifkod, that Hashem will just take you out. Of Lemailam in Ateva, Lemailam in Azman, Loyali de Malach, Loyali de Sarah, Barashem himself. So just read the words in the Nasiv Hashem. Anytime you want a anything from above, any Shefa to come down from above, you have to do something to awaken it. You have to open up the valve in order to bring it down. And this is one line. What is the what is the approach? What does a Jew need to do in order to arouse this type of ahava from Hashem, where that would that would that would get Hashem to basically say, "That's it, I'm I'm stopping. I'm stopping the game. I'm stopping the experiment, and it doesn't uh, it doesn't make sense." But I I I'd like to, I'm doing this because I wrote the rules. So what does a Jew have to do? It says in the Siva Shalom. It's one line, and that is Emuna Shoyuudi B'Anagazos. You have to believe that Hashem is willing to do this. Meaning, If a Jew has to believe that Hashem cares about Klal Yisrael enough to do that. That's the key. You have to believe, and this is what I'm going to talk about Shabbos Day. Part of it is to 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 start looking at Klal Yisrael in a more softer way. Um, like, you know, like in your old age, you have to become like softer in your old age. You have to start finding the positive, And you have to start looking at Kla Yisrael with softer eyes. And if a Jew looks at Kla Yisro that way, and meaning Hashem is not willing to... He's only going to break the rules for his kid, because his kid is in danger. But in order to awaken that level of Ahava, you have to believe that Kla Yisrael is worthy of being saved. You see, if your approach to life is that of a very tough... Um, very, you know, dismissive or just very, you know, very uh, judgmental way of looking at Klal Yisrael. Then why would you? This whole approach only works because Hashem is like looking at his kid with a tremendous amount of love and desperation. If you don't look at Klal Yisrael that way, or you don't believe that Klal Yisrael is deserving of someone to break the rules, you see, a Jew has to believe that Klal Yisrael is worthy of the rules being broken for. If you believe in that, and that's how you look at Klai Yisrael as a whole, then all of a sudden, all of a sudden Hashem will also be that way. right? That, that if you have that level of limutz chos, if that level of positivity towards Klai Yisrael, and you say, listen, they're, they're they're amazing, amazing people, or you look at even, you say, listen, right now they're going through a very difficult massive but imagine what they could do if they weren't. You know, if you look at it that way, then all of a sudden Hashem looks at Klai Yisrael that way as well. And then Klai Yisrael will now get that level of that level of and that level of charm that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's needed in order to save the prince. So he says like this, You have to believe that Hashem's love for Klai Yisrael has no bounds. And you have to believe that Hashem is the ultimate good and He's and he cares enough about Klal Yisrael that he's willing to break the rules. It's with this faith that you bring down that level of redemption. That's, by the way, the real insight of how Klal got out of is The truth is, this is one of the Rishonim writes. This, this is a rush. The rush on Al The rush on Al has a very. Um, the uh, Torah also really talks about this, but the Russian Alatari says that when Klaus Yisrael got out of Gaulus, right? We all know, I, I, it's hard to know exactly what happened, but we know that some Jews did not get out of Choshech, whatever that means. I don't know the numbers, there's different Midrashim that imply different numbers, but definitely Jews died in Choshech, right? Not every Jew got out. So you'd assume that the Jews that did get out were probably much better than the Jews that didn't get out. But the problem is that the Jews that did get out, we all know, as I quoted before, when they got to the Mitzra, when they got to Yom Suf, the Yamsuf didn't want to split for them because they said, halalu avdev, dezarba, halalu avdev, Which means that the Jews that got out were also very, very flawed. So if the Jews that got out were flawed, then what, what separated them from the Jews that didn't get out? So the Rosh asked this Kasha, one of the Rishonim. And the Rush says the difference is that the Jews that got out believed that they were deserving of getting out. It's not that the actions were different. In actions, they were all the same. They also struggled with they struggled with avayadizar. they struggled with this, they struggled with that. They've all struggled the same way. The difference was that the Jews that got out believed that or was deserving of getting out. And that's all Ekadesh Baruch wanted. And he says like this. And that's what the schos of That's He says. <laughs> He quotes this on the, on the next page. You guys don't have this, but when, when Moshe Rabbeinu was sent to, we know that Moshe Rabbeinu was sent to Klai Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu says, lo they're not going to believe me. What did he mean they're not going to believe? Claudius is not going to believe? Klai believed that they would be redeemed. The Medrash says that every Shabbos, is Yisrael would get together and they would have Megillus, Megillus, uh, that the Medrash says that they would take these scrolls out, and what would the scroll say? They would read it together every Shabbos, and what would the scroll say? That there's going to be a redemption. Which means Klausel believed. Of course, they believed that there would be a Mashiach or redemption. So, what does Mashiach mean? The answer is Klausel knew there would be a redemption, but they knew that it was either Ita or Achishana. They didn't believe, Hemle aminu means they didn't believe that Akadash Baruch would break the rules for them. They didn't believe that if, if if neither of those solutions exist, that Hashem is still willing to say, I'm still gonna do it for you. That's what they didn't believe. And the truth is, the first thing that Moshabin was told to send to Parai, the first thing that Mishrabeen tells Paray is the following passage. love, <laughs> The first thing, the first line that Hashem says to Parai is Beni they're my firstborn. So why is that the first thing he says? So it says in the Siva Shalom, very beautiful. Parai knew this. Parai knew that the, the way they're going to get out is either time or worthy. He knew it wasn't time yet. And he also knew that due to his him working, Klal they weren't deserving either. But to that, Maisha Abinu tells Parai, B'ni b'chayr Yisrael. They're my kid, and therefore, I'm willing, there's nothing that a parent wouldn't do for their kid. And therefore, there's also, there's no reason to assume that a human parent loves his child more than Hashem loves Klai. So That's, that's, that's a foolish thing to think. And therefore, Moshe Abin was telling Paret, Beni Yisrael, and that is, that I know it's not Ita, and I know it's not Echishan. So how is the redemption going to happen? Because B'ni Bechari because they're my kid, and I'm willing to break the rules for them. But you have to believe that Klal Yisrael is A, the children of Hashem and you have to believe, too, that Klal Yisrael is deserving of this. That's the Avoidah right now. The Avoidah right now is, you sort of look at the world and you say, well, it's definitely not Yitzhah. I hope it's Achishana. Halavayot should be Achishana. But even if it's not Loyaleinu, not Achishana, you know what? Hashem could still save Klal Yisrael right now. There's no reason why He can't. And the worse and the more crazy the world gets, that's more of a Siba. That's more of a, a sign that it's Time for this whole experiment to end, and therefore, the more a Jew believes in the, that Hanhaga, the more a Jew is Malam etzchus, That That's what sort of, you know. Um, I, I can't go into uh, Rabbi Amri, I, I spoke to Rabbi. I never, I never do this, but I spoke to Rabbi Amri this week, and I, he told me not to. You know, he didn't want me to tell the contents of the conversation. But the one thing he did say is that just the the right now is to not focus on anything negative about Klal Yisrael. And if you hear something negative about his disregard, focus on the positive. There's a lot more positive to focus on. And the more a Jew focuses on the 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 greatness of the nation of Yisrael and how you're seeing it now of what they're doing, things that you you wouldn't expect, and everyone would have the excuse to not with fill in and to not put on tzitzis and to not do all these things. But not only that, and uh, specifically more with the soldiers because they're mamish moiser nefesh moiser nefesh mashma mamish and they're they they're in in in, in on Earth and they're just saying shema. That is impressive. That is a, a nation that is deserving of salvation. It might not be Yitah, it might not be Echishanah, but they deserve it. And the more a Jew focuses with that mentality, and this is coming from someone who I didn't always think this way. I can tell you with, with 100% certainty, if you know me old enough, if you know me long enough, this was not always my approach. But as you get older, you sort of have to you have to soften a little bit, and you have to sort of see the truth, which is, Kala is deserving of it and it's not a matter of whether we deserve we deserve that's for sure especially if you take into the count we haven't seen a Navi in 2000 years that's pretty impressive you haven't seen a Navi in 2000 years this. all the more so how impressive we will be once mashiach comes and all the suffering ends imagine what we could actually do if we were able to just focus on growth as opposed to you know survival mode but that's the avoid the more a jew thinks in this way that klaus is deserving of salvation with all the flaws Still, head and shoulders above every other nation of the world, deserving of salvation. That's me'orah, that level of ahava, that ge'ula shaloyap. He said, "The Avakad Shbaruchu the which ultimately could happen right now. You don't even need Mashiach bin Yosef. Akadash baruchu could happen bekvoy the That's how it happened in Mitzrayim, and that's how it'll happen as well. Shall be to just have this mentality, to just focus on the positive of Klai Yisrael, just focus on of of their 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 amazing talents and all the things that are being revealed now which we didn't see months ago and it's Dafka in the most trying time that these things come out and in that's who should look down on Yisrael and say that you know uh, i can't keep uh, i can't keep my children in this uh, in this cage anymore and ultimately they should all be redeemed my pleasure, my pleasure.